Welcome to Kingston Reads Word to the Wise podcast series for HR and safety professionals. Thank you for joining us. I'm Lucy Shanahan, a partner with Kingston Reed. And I'm Luke Moroni, a senior associate at Kingston Reed. And we would like to talk to you about the impact the recent HSU elections may have or are likely to have on industrial and legal issues in the health space. So, Luke... Luke's really helpful because he actually uh, has a background in the, with the health sector union. Luke, I understand that the HSU New South Wales has recently held some elections. Uh, that's right. So the health services union has held elections for its main leadership positions, the secretary and the assistant secretaries, uh, as well as its committee of management in the past week. The incumbent ticket has been re-elected unopposed and so we're looking at more of the same personalities, but probably a reinvigorated approach to the way in which the union is doing business within the public health sector. So given the committee of management hasn't really changed, do you think that that can be taken as a mandate, I guess, for reinvigorating and really beginning to push some of the issues or or campaigns that they'd previously been focused on? I think mandate is a good way of putting it. We're likely to see the same strategies and campaigns either broadened in scope or restarted with vigour in the areas in which they've previously taken place. And I guess the other thing that will have sort of impacted the industrial landscape, particularly from sort of the process or the, the viewpoint of you know, engaging in industrial campaign will have also been the federal election, which may actually have sort of put a, a stop or a slowdown on some of those things whilst the focus was more on changing the government rather than changing the internal strategy or plan. So now there is that the, the same committee of management. I guess that's an, another reason for that invigoration to occur as well. And that's right. With the election of the Albanese Labor government, we're going to see unions more emboldened broadly. The health services union has a relatively good relationship with the federal Labor caucus we're not likely to see them taking backward steps in their approach to campaigning against the current state Liberal government. We're going to see campaigns, for example, with respect to terms and conditions of employment continue to be fought uh, on the ground. And in particular, areas where we've seen stoppages amongst broad sectors of the New South Wales public sector, including within health, are likely to continue or even escalate. Yeah, and I I think also, at least at the moment, and of course this may change if, if there are ongoing stoppages and, and, you know, members of the public are impacted, there's a lot of goodwill, I think, with health workers arising from the absolute amazing effort that health workers made during the pandemic and continue to make as well. So there's probably an opportunity too for the unions to rely upon that goodwill and really use it to bolster any campaign that they want to reinvigorate too. That's right. There's really a sympathetic approach to health workers and the HSU, of course, covers everyone from hospital cleaners to junior doctors to allied health professionals. These are people who have been at the front line during the pandemic. They, in the public health sector, have seen a significant slow down on their wage growth. That's been something that's motivated the current leadership of the Health Services Union in previous campaigning, and I expect that those campaigns will continue. Yeah, absolutely. So 
You've just mentioned how broad, you know, the membership base is for the HSU. So it's highly likely, don't you think, that this is going to have a broad impact across LHDs, pillars, shared health services. So there's going to be that sort of broader, I guess, higher level strategic industrial campaign. But we're also likely to see more localised industrial disputation to support that sort of more strategic campaign too. That's right. Statewide campaigns that the union runs don't come out of nowhere. They come out of activity being built in small pockets to begin with and building up the activity within those small pockets to broader local campaigns and then into statewide and sometimes even national campaigns. Often we see small issues being used to activate parts of the HSU's membership and that activity then gets translated into participation in larger statewide campaigns about terms and conditions but it doesn't start with those terms and conditions which can be seen as a little bit more removed or a little bit more airy-fairy and away from the everyday of the working experience. What we normally see is people start becoming involved with the union off the back of either changes to their working conditions as they already knew it or things that are going to affect their day-to-day life in work. Okay. So the question, the obvious question then becomes, what what sort of localised disputes do you think we're going to see an increase in that can be used as part of that agitation? We very often see disputes around consultation being a very simple entry point. Oftentimes you have people who have worked in the health sector and in public health in particular in the same role for very long periods of time and become very attuned to how they've always done their job. Changes to those types of arrangements need to be done, of course, sensitively, but there's always an underpinning award requirement to consult about major changes. Yeah, first place you look. (laughs) The first place you always have to look. And often what we see is the union will take a number of different approaches to restructures of parts of health services or to other types of changes. And these multi-phased approaches will not only look at compliance with the relevant state award, they'll also look at compliance in certain circumstances with consultation requirements under the Work Health and Safety Act and relevant policy directives that apply to New South Wales Health as well. And it's this sort of complicated intermeshing of legal and policy obligation that sets the stage on which disputes about changes can be run. Sometimes those disputes are only intended to delay the commencement of a change, but other times the union will seek to be derailing a change entirely Mm. with the effect that restructure or that change to the service can't be implemented at all and working through those changes and making the relevant changes either compliant with award requirements or at least minimising the disruption by way of industrial disputation is something that health services need to carefully manage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because as you quite rightly say, it can completely derail something for a short period of time or, or a long period of time. And it It's something that actually, if you plan and think about it, you can get right. That's right. Uh, And one that uh, sparks a particular memory with me back when I uh, worked in union land on the other side 
was a, a change where the work location of a very small group of workers was to be changed. That change in location was not a large one. It was between two places close together in metropolitan Sydney. It, it seemed like that type of change may well have been entirely reasonable, but the relevant state award had a provision that said changes of work location can't be implemented without one calendar month's notice. Um, And so consultation was a way of holding up that dispute at first and uh, delaying the start of that change to the satisfaction of those members. Uh, But then when the notification came, there was a couple of days short of one calendar month. That led to further disputation being available to the union uh, and that also allowed for those members to delay a whole group of staff moving into the location where they used to work. Very significant changes, rather very significant consequences from a very minor change that if thought about a little bit earlier and advice sought a little bit earlier may have been entirely avoided. A a good learning for for everybody. You talked a bit about the strategic focus on terms and conditions. In the federal arena, so, you know, in the federal awards, which I appreciate are not applicable to our state friends in health, there's been a real focus on casual conversion. Is that another issue which is is also of interest to the HSU? The HSU has used the federal uh, casual conversion uh, provisions uh, quite effectively in its aged care coverage um, and has quite a a robust experience in utilising those. Uh, Another uh, tactic that they use in public health is what's called the Health Industry Status of Employment Award. It contains provisions that apply to a broad array of public health workers that require public health organisations to limit their use of temporary or term contracts and also require limitations on the use of casual employees. It's quite significant because this award provides that no positive step needs to be taken towards casual conversion, but rather the award itself deems people converted to permanent employment in circumstances where they have worked on a series of temporary contracts that go for a period of longer than 13 weeks and may also have the effect of deeming employees to be permanently employed if they have been casual employees for a particular period of time. This was seen as a a type of dispute which was easy picking for the HSU because, of course, particularly in recent times, there has been some significant reliance on both casual and temporary labour in the health sector. And unless you can properly establish that at the time the employment commenced, these people were exempt by way of one of the named exempt categories in that award, employers in the health sector uh, could often find themselves with these employees being required to remain in their employment in a way that they hadn't necessarily catered for in their funding arrangements or in their broader work practices. Yeah, and and of course start to accrue annual leave and and all sorts of things as well. Well, absolutely. And as far as I'm aware, the HSU hasn't uh, at this stage run back pay claims for some of the, in particular, casual employees who were covered by those provisions, but it's a a real risk, uh, particularly where the limitation under that award on casual employment 
is to a very short period of time yeah. in the nature of a short number of weeks and not this 12-month period that applies under the federal system. And in the context of having an increased focus on a strategy of improving terms and conditions of employment, as you said at the outset, that, that sort of dispute is easy pickings. That's one that you could ap- they could absolutely go in and go for a right of entry, you know, request inspection of documents, essentially run an audit and off you go. It starts a, a pretty good dispute there. Absolutely. And of course, when union officials are exercising their right of entry, you need to be very careful on a number of different fronts. There are, of course, legal rights they are exercising at that time. There are obligations on health districts and other health services to respect those rights. But you also need to manage that relationship carefully in any case. And Of course, we've recently conducted some training for a local health district on the best ways to approach some of those issues. And those tips and tricks, of course, are something that we're happy to share with other health providers out there. Certainly. I guess the the message to take is that people working or, or, you know, the local health districts, the pillars, the share services need to be aware that there has been this election, that the same committee of management has been elected that we're likely to see an increased push in industrial strategy and and action to encourage uh, you know the the development and uh, of those strategies that they've they've got in place so it's really important that if you are going to introduce some sort of change or or you know you looked it looks as though you might be subject to some sort of strike action that you have a plan that you prepare and you think and you plan and you are thinking strategically as well that's right it's always best to try and think strategically and try and get good advice as early as possible that's the best way that you can manage not only the relationships but also the strategic outlook moving forward Excellent. Thanks for your insights, Luke. That's uh, been really helpful and interesting. And I just want to encourage everyone to look out for an invitation which will be coming soon to our regular monthly catch-up where human resources and uh, IR practitioners or health professionals can can join remotely at this stage given (laughs) where we're currently at. But just to hear of the latest developments from an HR and IR IR perspective in in health and to ask questions and and make connections. So look out for that invitation as well. Thanks a lot.